going to share with you a short word this morning uh, to conclude our service. I love when church is full like this, when it's not just the singing and the word, but we get to pray for babies, we get to pray for what God has called us to for the nations around the world, continue to pray for that. But we are busy with our devotion series. We said at the beginning of the year that the word that God has given us as a house for this year is deep devotion. And um, if you want to open your Bibles in Acts chapter 2, we're going to read that scripture again to remind us this morning of what God has, has, has asked us to discuss and talk through as a, as a church. But what we understood out of that scripture is that when we devote ourselves deeply to the word of God to pray, this morning we're going to talk about fellowship and in the worship of Christ at the center He will come and his dynamic demonstration of growth, signs and wonders, unity, and a generous community will happen in our midst. And I've been hearing some amazing testimonies of that already happening as we've walked through the first few weeks of this series. So let's read again together our scripture, Acts 2 verses 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Some of you are going to sell some stuff and distribute the proceeds to the Germany mission. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes... They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. When we see God through deep devotion, he will build his house through dynamic demonstration. And uh, last week, Michelle shared with us on prayer, and that prayer isn't complicated, that it connects us to the source, that a prayer life is possible for each one of us. And um, it was amazing this week to, to listen to that word and apply it to my personal journey of making more time and saying, God, you know what, I, I, I'm hungry for more of you. I want to spend more time on my knees praying. And um, I love how the word of God continues preaching even when we leave the doors. And to hear so many people say, I've been challenged to make my prayer life something that I enjoy, and which is good and it's great and to experience the fullness of God. So this morning, we're talking about being devoted to fellowship. Everyone say fellowship. Fellowship is much more than community because we get community all around the world. When people gather together, there's a community, right? And community seems to work pretty good in most places where people kind of have a life together. But the word fellowship, when we study it and understand it and compare it to other places in the word, has got a much greater weight to it. In essence, it means a shared life. It means to not be alone. It means to be in relationship with other people. The word fellowship means more than bright place and a book club. Because that we are pretty good at, right? It's easy on a Friday night to get people together for whatever fun things we do over the weekend. It's easy to go down to the, the twilight market and sit under the, the lights and eat something nice down at Lawrenceford. But fellowship is much more than that. This is where we as the church say we are going to get together for the purposes of devoting ourselves to God, for the purposes of praying, for the purposes of walking together in a shared life where we encourage each other in the walk that God has for us. 
So this morning, we're going to look into that. You were never created to walk alone. That concept doesn't exist. No man is an island. We can sing the song or enjoy the song, but we were never created to walk alone. The idea of being together, we find right in the beginning of creation story. Where God made all the wonderful things of the world, and then when he stops with man, he says, let us, God three in one, God in community, more than one, not God alone, let us make man in our image. And then he made man. And then we know how the story unfolds. He looked at man who was alone and he said, this ain't good. He needs a helper. So our design, our very essence is to not walk alone. But yet the temptation of the world is there. Some of us are deep introverts and our tendency is to pull towards that. And the extreme extroverts irritate us and we just want to stay away, right? But that's the beauty of fellowship and community is where we actually find the middle way with the extroverts. I'm going to hold back a little bit. And with the introverts say, I'm going to give a little bit more. Your personality might be one of, I'm going to be here by myself. But your design was never to be like that. The Bible says a man who withdraws from the community of brothers and sisters seeks his own downfall. And we don't want that for you. As leaders of this house, we want to see you flourish in incredible relationships. The word fellowship, as I said, is found across the Bible, but this exact word is down a couple of books later in 1 Corinthians. It says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The same word. You are called into a shared life with Jesus and you are called into a shared life with believers. Isn't that incredible? That it's not just for us and our little walk together as community But that exact same word, a fellowship with Jesus Christ, is available to us. So as we start discovering this this morning, we see that Jesus' life on earth modeled the kind of fellowship that he intended for us. This is what I love about Jesus. He gives us things to do. He says, you ought to walk in fellowship, but he has modeled to us what that looks like. He went ahead of it and said, this is how you do it. Just follow me. And the way that I do it, and you'll be able to, to experience fellowship as well. Jesus had exactly those two fellowships himself. He had fellowship with Father, with the, the Heavenly Father, with his Heavenly Father while he was man on earth. And he had fellowship with others. He had a shared life with Father in heaven. And he had a shared life with the brothers and sisters that he brought close to him in his journey on earth. One of my favorite passages in scripture speaks about this. This is Jesus praying for us in the high priestly prayer just before his death. And he prays this. And this is in John chapter 17. Write it down and you can go and read this later. It's a prayer about fellowship. It speaks all about this shared life with God and with others. It says, I glorified you on earth. He's speaking to the Father. Having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. He's saying, right in the beginning, when we made man, I dwelled in your glory, but now you've sent me to earth as man, so that man can be saved, and glorify me again so that I can be in that position. And we know how that came about through his death and resurrection. 
And he continued praying, saying, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. Out of my shared life with you, I've passed this on to them. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and that they have believed that you sent me. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I'm glorified in them. And I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. Father, as we had a shared life here on earth, I pray this now for them to stay behind. That they'll experience the shared life of you and the shared life of walking with others. Jesus modeled this by showing us that he reached out, he restored, he reprimanded. Yes, there were moments to relax and there were moments to rest. We like the bottom two quite a lot and we do like the reach out, definitely like the restored, but we're not so keen on the reprimanded. I was thinking about the life of Peter, how Jesus called him in Luke chapter 5. He got in his boat and he told him, move away from the land. Let's go fish again. And here's Peter. He's tired. They haven't caught anything. And Jesus reached out and said, we're going to try again. Lower your nets. And here they pull up the biggest catch they've ever seen. So he reached out to those. And that's what fellowship is, as we reach out to one another. There was restoration. The same guy, guy, Peter, who saw the miracles and walked with Jesus, turned his back on Jesus. And right before Jesus went into be with the Father in heaven again, he had a moment of restoration with Peter. And that's what fellowship is. It's when someone goes through something or they made a mistake, we restore them again. There was the reprimand moment where he told Peter, get behind me, Satan. Hey, nah. Don't want Jesus to call me that. He said, you have little faith. He corrected them. And sure, we don't want that today because maybe it's pride. Maybe we think we've got it figured out. They were the relaxed moments. I love the image of Jesus sleeping in the boat with all these brothers around him. He's relaxed. They weren't because they didn't know how to rest and relax in God yet. And then the storm came up and they, they, they freaked out. And Jesus said, just take it easy. It's funny, I'm, a, I'm a more of a driver choleric type. Um, and an extrovert. So when the introverts come and the, the melancholics and say, Peter, just relax, just take it easy. Anyone like that who gets awfully frustrated by that? Like, just, just relax. It's like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm like that. So now you know, don't tell me to just relax. Um, I'll try my best to behave when you do. But Jesus said, you know what? Relax in me. This is, this is good. And then he rested. He withdrew from the crowd with his disciples for moments of rest. So fellowship is those five things. It's us reaching out to one another. It's us restoring one another. It's reprimanding one another. It is relaxing with one another. And it's moments like this morning where we just rest in the presence of God. I think the essence of devotion can be summed up in this. Devotion to fellowship challenges the worst you to cultivate the best you. So here you come with your shortcomings and, your, and your, your challenges and the things of this world that we spoke about this morning. And that is okay. We want you to come here and say, hey, this is who I am, honestly and truthfully. But then we say, you know what? We commit to you 
to take that worst part of you and develop the best. That's what fellowship does when we commit ourselves to it. I can't walk as a leader or as an individual rather without the fellowship of others who speak into my life and say, Pierre, that stinks. You know what? You battling, I'm going to pick this up for you. You know what? I can see that this is an area that you need to work through. I'm going to pray for you and help you become the best you you could possibly be. And I'm looking at that and I'm saying, why would I not devote myself to that? I look across this room and I see the faces of some of you who've been through the trials and the worst moments, but today you're established and strong because you devoted yourself to the fellowship that God has given you. So that's the essence of what he has for us. So the question this morning to you is, who's got your back? And some of you unknowingly have some stickers on your back this morning. I'm serious. I greeted some of you very friendly and some of my helpers. If you have a sticker, one of the people around you just quickly point out that there's a sticker on your back. There's quite a lot of you in this room with stickers on their backs. And if that was you, just lift it up. Let's help one another. Point it out. Pull it off. Get it off their backs. There we go. I see all the stickers going up. <laughs> Neil took his off during worship and he planted it on Stefan. He nearly put it on my back. I'm glad I saw him. He was like, yes, Jesus. And he was about to hit me on the back. And I'm like, nah, you're not going to do that. <laughs> you were totally unaware of the fact that there were stickers on your back. Well, I know some people weren't because they watched it. And then they, they canceled the whole thing this morning. I'm not going to look in their direction. But some of you, Jock, did you know there was something in your back? You see, it worked. Oom Johan, ek wou oom rarig vriendelik groet. Het was nie net om die sticker op die recht te sit. But that's the beauty of fellowship, is people have a view of you that you don't. And you often don't want to have. It's funny how, and I'm not going to go with the dress woman thing again, but you know, when you try and see what it looks like, and then eventually she just asks, does everything look alright at the back? And you just have to say, yes, it looks perfect. But there's a view of yourself that others have that you miss out sometimes. And unless you're in fellowship, those worst parts of you will never be pointed out. And you might be walking around like the fool because no one has told you, hey, Jock, listen, and then help you through restoration and reaching out an encouragement to actually become the best you you could possibly be. So the question to us this morning is who's got your back? And if you can't answer that, and you say, you know what, I really don't know. Maybe my spouse, but I don't really love him or her close enough to speak into my life. Then I want to encourage you to say, get devoted to fellowship. And here's four benefits of being devoted to fellowship. Fellowship is for prayer. We spoke about prayer last week. And yes, prayer is a public and a private journey. It's not just for me and Jesus. And excuse me, but not in the public. This is my spot. That is not in the Bible. The Bible never says that your road with Jesus is private. And you should keep it to yourself. In, in fact, the Bible encourages us in fellowship to pray together. And we know the scripture, Matthew 18. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in the heaven. 
For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Who of you have ever prayed through something for a long time, and the moment you go to someone and you share that prayer with them and they pray with you, it feels like you can breathe for the first time in a very long time. Anyone like that? See, the moment we come to fellowship with our prayer requests, it's a shared weight. Then it's not just me carrying this anymore, but then Neil knows what I'm going through. And he's saying, Pierre, I'm trusting God with you. In fact, let's pray together now. We had a moment like that on Thursday. Some of the Germany team came together for their visa applications. And on the way down, one person said, Pierre, I've got a big prayer request. Can you pray for me? I said, whoa, whoa, let's go back into the office. We gathered six people around this individual and we prayed and that weight lifted. So the first benefit of fellowship is that we actually get to pray for one another and share the weight that we face in this world. And then we're going to see answered prayer because the promise is where two of you agree, Father listens in and he's ready to answer. So the benefit of fellowship is that we see answered prayer in our midst. Secondly, fellowship is for protection. I love this story in the book of Daniel where Daniel chooses three guys and says, we're going to stick this out together. We're not going to fall for the traps of the enemy. They were sent to Babylon, to the terrible place Babylon where they needed to go face the things of the world there. And they said, we're going to stick together and take care of one another. And when the fiery furnace came, they went in together. They protected one another. When the temptation came to one of them to say, I am going to actually bow before this God that they made. They said, no, 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 you're not going to bow because you serve an almighty God. And they protected one another the whole time. Ecclesiastes 4, it's a well-known scripture again. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This is a message that speaks much greater than marriage. It's saying that if myself and Ant walk together and someone comes and the enemy comes and opposes, we'll be stronger because we lock arms. But then if we add more, a threefold cord, then that's not easily broken. We protect each other in our decision making. When there's things that you need to decide and you're not sure, you lock arms with those and say, listen, I'm sensing this, what do you think? We protect each other in warnings and saying, Eugene, I see something on the horizon and I want to say, just watch out. We protect each other in the names that we have. And say, you know what, I know Frank. And I'll protect him because I know him. That's what fellowship does. It brings protection to our names as well. Thirdly, fellowship is for purity. Everyone say Purity. It's not what babies eat. <laughs> it is what babies eat. Well, the ones that, whose moms don't cook. But purity. <laughs> Listen, Alika, Alika grew up on, on purity because we were out on the road quite a lot. So I, anyway, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Listen to this, your longevity in your walk as a disciple of Jesus depends on fellowship for purity. 
If you want to finish strong and finish this call, the upward call of being a Christian and a disciple of Jesus, you need to allow others to keep you on a road of purity. Yes, God does forgive you when you sin. 1 John 1 verse 9. For he is faithful and just when we confess our sins to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But did you know that there's an even greater truth to that? That forgiveness is available? But listen to this. Therefore, make it your habit to confess your sins to one another. Why on earth would we do that? So I don't want to share my nonsense with others. And to pray for one another so that you may be healed. The reason we confess to one another is for purity's sake. Zen that I can lay a hand on someone's back and say, you know what? What you're going through, I've been there. It's funny when we confess sin, how we usually get quite a surprise, like, ja, broer, the power of sin is in its secrecy. And here we get a tool that within fellowship you get to speak out your sins. And then the response of the listener and those that walk with you is to pray for you. And then you're not just cleansed. 1 John 1 verse 9. You're not just forgiven, but then healing comes in. And restoration in your walk and restoration through purity comes when you confess to one another. Where you are restored to the former glory of what God had in mind for you when he made you before you sinned and slipped and fell. This has been my personal upkeep in my walk with God. It's just being brutally honest about my weaknesses with others. Starting with my own wife, but then there's stuff that I need to take to some men and say, you know what guys, tune me on this, keep me in line with this. And the guys do, and I appreciate that because... In the end, it's not about their opinion of me. In the end, it's me and my walk before Jesus. And him looking down at me one day when he appears and says, well done, good and faithful servant. You kept it good and pure in front of me and you allowed others to help you on the fight for purity. So fellowship is for prayer, it's for protection, it's for purity, and then lastly, it's for partnership. This excites me. Back to the story in Luke chapter 5. Where Jesus got into the boat, they just returned from the ocean, they haven't caught anything, and Jesus rocks up and he says, Simon, which is also Peter, can I get into your boat, and can we just move a little bit away from the land? And they're like tired, like, okay, well, this is Jesus, and we've heard about him, so they got in the boat, and they go a little bit distance from the land, and then Jesus sits in the boat, and he teaches the people on the sides, on the banks of the sea. And then he says, you know what, while we are here, Here's an opportunity. He tells them, why don't you guys drop your nets and catch some fish? And their immediate response was, will be up on the screen, I, I think so. But they're saying, Master, we've toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. They said, Jesus, you know, we're tired. We've tried. But Jesus had a partnership in mind for them. He says, you know what, when you partner with me, things happen. The miraculous come into play. He says, drop your nets. And they pulled it up. And look at what happened. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. Fellowship is for partnership because if we embark on a journey as a church to reach these names and we believe in Jesus' words, Anthony, come and help me. We're going to see us, and we've done this before, moving this across to the cross of Jesus. 
And this is what partnership does in fellowship. It's not just for us in our own walk, but it's us saying, God, we're going to catch the fish that you have called us to catch in Germany. We're going to catch the fish that you called us to catch in Eastern Cape. We're going to catch the fish that you called us to catch in Madagascar, in South Africa, in Summers West, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our universities, because we're partnering with one another. And we're going to get to a place where we have to signal and say, come and help. And then we'll see these names transformed from there over to that side. I was challenged by this this morning. I'm like, when last did we pray for this? Are we praying for this? Are we trusting God? Or are we like Peter who said, you know what, Jesus, we've tried. We've tried. We haven't caught anything. All these names, we've prayed, we've talked, we've shared. Nothing has happened. Jesus challenges their faith and says, go down again. Try again. And when they partnered with Jesus' faith, a massive enclosure of fish came in and they signaled it to one another. So fellowship is that moment where we signal like Dave did on Saturday to say, guys, I'm going to go into the streets and preach the gospel. Come and help me. Like we do through Timbalicha and reaching out to the poor in our community. Say, let's signal one another for partnership so that we can go and catch the fish that Jesus has called us to do and to reach. So the question to us this morning, in your walk, in fellowship, do you want to go wide or deep? Do you want to have a whole lot of bride buddies and book club ladies? And I'm not just, it's not derogatory, I'm just using examples. Or do you actually want deep fellowship and relationships with other, others where there's prayer, where there's protection, where you can walk in purity and where you can partner in the work that God has for us? Deep fellowship leads to answered prayer. It leads to divine protection. It leads to pure living. And it leads to powerful partnerships in the kingdom. When I look at that, I'm like, yes, Lord. I'll devote myself to fellowship. I want to walk this journey with others. And I think you guys do it pretty well. If you don't, the encouragement to you this morning and the application is very simple today. Start today. Dave, Eugene, quickly get up. Werner, I don't know if you're in the venue. It's Wernerie. Just stand up. If you're not in a live group, after this service, come speak to these guys. They'll be at the connect table and say, I want to start today in walking a road of fellowship and get into a life group where there is shared life, where you get to experience these benefits of fellowship. Maybe you aren't in a church and you're trusting God to add you somewhere. On Wednesday night, there's an opportunity to come and hear more about us as a church. Come and, and listen in. Come and understand who we are. Sign up for church life dinner. But the only way that you're going to devote yourself to fellowship is when you just do it. It doesn't have to be a massive revelation. It doesn't have to be a deep open up of the word of God. It's as simple as when you devote yourself to fellowship, you'll experience incredible benefit in the house of God. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. Lord, thank you that you have modeled to us that you've not called us to walk this alone, but that we are in this together. Lord, that we are better together, that we can withstand, that we can overcome, that we can be victorious 
in this walk as Christians because of the friendships you have around us. Lord, my prayer is simple today, Lord, that we would devote ourselves to these friendships, not just for fun and games, Lord, but for the cause of knowing you better and growing closer to you. Lord, I pray for those of us who are standing on the outside and haven't taken the step of faith to get involved in life with others, Lord, that we would have the faith stir up in our hearts this morning to take that step and say, I can't walk alone. I need to walk it out with others. And we trust you for that, Lord. Thank you for the incredible time of fellowship we had this morning. Lord, I pray that it will continue throughout the week and as we gather again next week, that we will get to celebrate the wonderful things you've done in our lives throughout this week. And the people of God say, Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Pierre. Speaking about fellowship, immediately outside we have tea and coffee. And the purpose of that is fellowship. The purpose